we on? We are. <clears throat> check, check, check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Stonegate first. Uh, we are coming at you from headquarters, HQ. Is that the way you set up a podcast right there? It is. And okay. uh, our dear beloved brother and uh, fearless lead pastor, Rodney Hobbs, said in, in just the same way as we are to go first as leaders in our generosity, Rodney said, and now let me show you what going first looks like but eating an atomic warhead. Uh, which we have in our possession right, right here. here. Extreme sour. Rodney. Uh, you use the word atomic. Yeah. Should I be? That's what it's going to feel yeah. like when it goes inside your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I think as just a testament to, to our church family of yeah. what, of what godly leadership is, <laughs> that it's that it's taking it on the chin to for sacrifice. the glory of God. It's yeah. sacrifice. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I mean, isn't that what you've been talking so, about? That's, that's it. So I, I don't know. I just feel like. It's maybe it's from the Lord. So, anyways, yeah. here we go. So, is it is it this with a straight face? It's it's that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, you need at least twenty seconds. So, warhead, extreme, yeah. sour. Give it a go. Uh -huh. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. It's like that show where they yeah. make you eat hot wings on air. It's yeah. kind of like that, <laughs> yeah. except. You know, very different. Here we go. I feel like I'm in the seventh grade. This is pastoral leadership 101. Right ladies. Take notes, kids, because this right here. Get, Going first. Can we get a tight right here? This is the face of a man mm -hmm. who loves you enough to go first. Look at him. Mm -hmm. Any mm. sweat? You feel it hit? Mm. See? Starting. At first, it started sweet, probably. Mm -hmm. You felt a little. There's deep. so much happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much. To walk us through it. There's a very atomic, yeah, in nature. Nuclear, yeah, in, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a sweet thing at first, but not anymore. You know, it was all sour at first. Oh, okay. And I just got to the sweet. Oh. But I mm. can feel some sweat right here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I see that. Mm -hmm. You're glowing. All right, I think that's we made beautiful. it. I think we we're too sweet. Okay, yeah, we're good. And, and that's that's a man I can mm -hmm. follow. Right there. That's a man <laughs> yeah. I can follow. Right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good luck keeping that in your mouth yeah. for the rest of this very important <laughs> what, podcast. What do you do now? I think it'll mix well with that coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to yeah. taste yeah. great. Coffee and sour. Mm -hmm. That's a winning yeah, combination. We, we actually didn't right plan there. the <laughs> what to do now part. We just we just have no into graceful it. way of transitioning. No, that's right. <laughs> so we're here to talk about follow me. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, follow. Is it yeah, we, we are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, okay. Ryan, why don't you get us started? <laughs> Let's How's do that? it. Yeah. While he sweats it out. Um, so we had advanced commitment night. <laughs> we sure did on Friday night. So which, which was uh, amazing. Which was memorable. Yes, it was on many different fronts. Our brother it Shane really Bernard was, was there Shane leading Bernard, worship, yep. and uh, which yep. was so great. Yep. And uh, so many folks came, and um, we had a fire outside. Many. One intentional. Many a fire. Unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did have a fire, no. an unintentional fire, <laughs> and did. many intentional fires. Yes. S'mores. Mm -hmm. S'more what? <laughs> yeah. It was a smorgasbord. If you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a great night. And uh, we had so many uh, of the folks in our church family who are saying, yeah, I want to lead out in this Follow Me initiative. Uh, do that very thing and go first in terms of their giving. And it yeah. was beautiful to watch that happen. Yeah. Was. And I think, uh, you know, as we've been thinking about this, even for months now, uh, the advanced commitment night for a lot of folks that are, are just uh, would consider uh, themselves leaders around Stonegate. Uh, it was a culmination moment with a lot of pre-work that's mm -hmm. gone into it, yep. yeah. uh, where we've all been uh, just wrestling with uh, what is that number? What 
represents yeah. radical sacrificial generosity mm -hmm. uh, for us individually, our families for the next couple of years. And mm -hmm. I think that's been yeah. a journey for everyone mm -hmm. to have to unpack. So I mean, yeah. maybe that's a good thing to tease out a little bit. What's that look like for you guys uh, in uh, some of that pre-work before the advanced commitment yeah. night of saying, how do I, how do me and my spouse uh, come to a number that does feel like we're listening to the Lord and is is gener yeah. generous for us? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, anytime that we're in these sort of moments as a church, <clears throat> I do feel the uh, the first thing that leaders have to do is get there first, you know. So uh, I knew this moment was coming back in the fall, is when all these conversations began, and so it was all the way back in August when Laura and I began that conversation of like, okay, here we are at another one. Uh, we've had many of these moments in our mm -hmm. past. We're at another one again. Here, the Lord has this in front of us, and what's it going to be like for us to open up and say yes to whatever mm -hmm. He has? So. Mm -hmm. That conversation started in August, and by the time we got to October, so I'm going to say it's about a two-month journey for us of keeping this before the Lord, uh, tears, mm. prayer, fasting. Uh, uh, we both, when we sort of nailed down the moment of what do we think, uh, we're really close uh, together. Uh, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's like the Lord talking to both uh, both of us in some really profound ways, and um, it was such a um, it, it's a number that is, uh, I would not have thought it possible uh, just four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the Lord to have us in a place where we can with a glad heart say that mm -hmm. and step into it. Uh, fear, yes. Um, some worry, yes. And a real gladness that we're going to do that. The, Lord mm -hmm. is, the Lord's got us to a place where we could say with a glad heart, yes to that. Uh, that has been such an encouragement. Uh, for us along the way. That's good. So, how about for you, Jimmy? Uh, I remember not too long ago, we, me and Kelly were in a similar spot processing that, uh, praying through it. Get, you know, here's my number. Here's mm -hmm. you know what's yours. Let's see. Yeah. If, hopefully they match. You know, all that. and we were talking, and uh, Kelly says uh, in it as we're trying to like think through where is our money and how what could we get to that number that you know we had in our mind, and she does throw the like, and let's not forget about our retirement. Yep. You know, our savings, let, let's keep that on the table. And man, I'm, when I'm saying, as soon as she said that, nothing on my face said it, but my insides <laughs> were like, how dare you? How dare you bring yeah. up that sacred bucket, you yeah. know? And it was it was funny. I actually haven't even like really verbalized. I just yeah. remember experiencing this feeling of like, I'm cool with saying all things are on the table. But mm -hmm. man, when it was like uh, the moment of, okay, now actually consider might God be wanting you to open up your hands around all things? Uh, my heart did some some gymnastics, yeah. you know? And uh, I think that's one of the, we talked about this, I think, uh, one time ago when we were m making one of these videos, but I think that is one of the points to things like generosity initiatives in a church, things like putting the, the spotlight on how we relate to money. It's to expose our hearts. Yeah. Uh, it's to help us see the the things that get really hostile really quick and then to get uh like we said last time really curious about why why am i so fired up all mm -hmm. of a sudden you know why is that yeah. why can i be cool like with every other command in scripture but oh, when yeah. it comes to this all of a sudden i'm just yeah and so i just saw that in myself firsthand and did not yeah. like what i saw which i think is a good thing because now i have something to repent about mm -hmm. now i have something to to bring to the lord and go lord yeah. would you would you, I, I might have an idol yeah. here. Would you help me see that? You know, part of what you're illustrating is the difference between uh, coming to the Lord with an open and a closed heart. Mm -hmm. uh, the closed heart is, 
the things I really look to for life and security and a refuge and the things I'm really banking on stay locked in the box behind me. And now I come before the Lord with what's negotiable. And that is an easy thing for us all to do because uh, these things are not things that we're looking to for life. But as soon mm -hmm. as those things come on the table, what you're describing, all of those defensive mechanisms, all of that fear, all of those things, uh, when these things come on the table are present with them, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. and that's one way you typically know that those, the, the things you're really looking to for life are on the table is yeah. you're feeling all of that. Yeah. And I think this is one of those profound experiences with the Lord that we can all have yeah. in a moment like this is to bring all of those out and to say to the Lord, you are worth more to me than these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm depending on you for a refuge more than I am these things. Yeah. And uh, that's really yeah. where we want to go. So, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and it's uh, another way of thinking about discipleship in general that I sometimes just back up and remind myself in these moments as well is uh, a lot of it is being reintroduced to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So there is often that gap that we all live with between who we like to see ourselves as yeah. and who we really are. Yeah. And I feel like these kind of moments, they bring out a sense of like, okay, here's how I see myself mm -hmm. and how I'd like to perceive myself. And here's who I actually am yeah. when something starts to get pushed on. Here's the gap. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's who I am. And uh, that that's a humbling and I also think it's an exposing and good moment yeah. um, along the way. You know, a, a lot of, we did some fasting uh, with a group of guys in mm -hmm. January. And so that was probably one of the things like Crystal and I were spending time during that fast season. So fasting was an important part of the conversation for us. Yeah. So trying to take some steps of saying, Lord, we really want to position ourselves to hear yeah. from you yeah. um, in an extraordinary way. And uh, realizing that, uh, I'm not saying always, but fasting does open up some of those yeah. opportunities yeah. Mm -hmm. where you're going without, so you've got more time to commune with the Lord, to listen to the Lord, to run to the Lord, to pray, mm -hmm. uh, and all that. And that, that was such a good pre-work for us. Um, even Crystal stepping into it, I was so encouraged to see her yeah. take some steps in that direction. It's often been a little bit more of a, a challenge for her. And um, that led to a lot of good conversations for us. Yeah. And I think another step is even... Uh, which I'm sure you guys wanted is we wanted our kids to like be part of these conversations with yes. us as well. Yeah, uh, I did mm -hmm. not want to have a moment where we're entering for the next two years where they're not thinking through or or getting the benefit of also yeah. seeing us discipled and growing mm -hmm. as we're doing this as a family yep. together. Because yep. I want them to like also see like this is our family mm -hmm. participating. That's right. Yeah. So Friday was that for us. You yeah. know, we got to watch our kids kind of, and they did some thought work before, but process through. Okay, well. How much do I make when I watch my neighbor's cats? Mm -hmm. And if I do that five times a year, and yeah. and uh, they actually, you know, they, they pledged that night um, a couple of our kiddos, and it was a number that was like, yeah, that's going to yeah. take some faith. And we yeah. got to look at them and commend them and go, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Like uh, more than like I think my my systems have always been, and even in upbringing, so it's it's always been you just save, save, save. That is mm -hmm. that is the great value in the world. You know, yeah. and it's like, I want to change the paradigm with my yeah. kids and go like, I want to, I want you mm -hmm. to feel yeah. fired up about letting go of, of this at yeah. an early age. Cause if you learn that impulse at nine, yeah. at 12, it's like that, that's going to help you so you're much when you're 25, yeah. 35, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm glad they had that memory. So let me ask you as this is uh, a lot of people in our church will be leaning into it, uh, yeah. thinking about being prepared for this Sunday when we're yeah. doing a commitment Sunday for the entire church. What if uh, two spouses, they're not on the same page? So they're mm -hmm. thinking through uh, this upcoming Sunday, or they have been praying and following along with us in this this sermon series. Yep. Uh, but they're still feeling like, man, we just, we don't feel like we're hearing the same thing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. We're not on the same page. What, what pastoral counsel would you give them? Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'll take a stab at it, and then y'all f- feel free to uh, throw in some other things around it. But uh, I-, I think, first, we should expect there to be moments in our marriage where we disagree on a thing. That- that's healthy and good. So Speak for uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I hope that you and your spouse, when y'all are listening to the Lord and you come to the moment of what do we think, I hope that there is a lot of uh, agreement in that. Uh, but it's not going to be uncommon uh, across our church family for there to be a lot of disagreement in that. And, you know, it is funny just to think about in all of our marriages, there is likely uh, one of, uh, you know, either Mm -hmm. us or our spouse that's more generous, one that's maybe uh, leans into the voice of wisdom a little bit more. Uh, Those roles have a way of developing pretty quickly in any marriage. And uh, and I think that's probably uh, true in in any marriage out there when there's a disagreement, you've got kind of the voice of wisdom that's meeting maybe the one that's a little more generous and a little more open handed and just their, you know, normal posture in life. And so I think there's room for a lot of patience. There's room for a lot of prayer. There's room for a lot of fasting together. There's uh, room for a lot of getting on your knees together and just asking the Lord, would you help us see what you want us to see? There's a lot of humility needed in moments like that. And, uh, you know, and I, I do think most of the time, the one that is more generous is right. And I've had, this has been a humbling thing for me. The voice of wisdom is going to be very loud in my life. uh, While on the other hand, for Laura, uh, it's like, who cares about tomorrow? This is the moment, you know, right here. And so she is just a very open-hearted, generous person. And I think when we stand before the Lord one day, um, I'm going to have wanted to listen to her in just about every one of these moments. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is humility here in this moment. And I, this is just for me personally speaking. It's like Laura and I have been at this place a lot where she is ready and wants to do more than I want to do in a moment. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that has often been me saying, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. So those are yeah, a few thoughts. Good. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? She got you out of those double digits. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Three and four that's zero. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I I um I I think this is why um life is better together. It's, mm-hmm. it's why the God designed the church to function like it does. We all come with different gifts, different yeah. inclinations. We're meant to work together. We're meant to. Uh, everybody is exposing, and everybody else, as we're walking in the spirit our deficiencies, our blind spots. And so I think that's that's actually not a, um, you shouldn't feel discouraged when that mm-hmm. happens. It will happen yeah, you and bet. you should not feel discouraged. You yeah. should feel like this is the normative way that life works. Uh, and um, there can be th- uh, thoughtful opinions on both sides. It's not like one is absolutely wrong, one's absolutely yeah. right, but this is, this is the chance for compromise. This is the chance for, I even think in a marriage, sometimes this is a chance for, uh, just like the the godly exercise of submission and headship to yep, operate, all bet. of those things mm-hmm. are meant to flourish uh, in these moments. And so I, I think these are good and healthy moments, not moments that we got to feel really bummed yeah. out about. You know, and like it's probably worth also saying that humility, I think, is like so the thing in this conversation, because nobody is going to a verse in a text saying, this is what the Lord said, you know? So we're all listening in a more subjective way to the Lord that uh, is being interpreted through our own fleshly things. Mm -hmm. So there ought to be a lot of humility to say, I think this is what the Lord is saying. That's right. And you, uh, spouse, you think this is what the Lord is saying. And now we just prayerfully enter into that space together. Yeah. You know, you know one last thing, observation I'll just make too is uh, we live in a culture where finances often sometimes feels like even the last taboo. Yeah. You know, people are maybe more open about uh, areas of uh, 
all sorts of other areas of life, but still the area of like privacy associated with finance mm-hmm. feels like very locked off. Yeah. yeah. And so I do wonder if like there's wisdom even in bringing other people in uh, yeah. from your community because you you're bet. right. Like when that tension happens and yeah. when there is that disagreement, or when we're wanting to listen to the voice of wisdom or whatever that might be. Yep. Like, let's bring some other voices into that. I think that has some humility, though, but it means we've got to, like, kind of go against that cultural taboo of, like, our financial information is so closed off in private Mm -hmm. that we don't bring other people into that. It's like, I don't think that's how Christians should operate. Yeah. And that's why all three of us agreed before we came on to say our number in front of you. And we're going to say it at the same time. I'll go first. 25 million. (laughs) Campaign's done. Oh, you got Sorry. Uh, Now I feel embarrassed. I said my number. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all uh, are leaning in, and it's just such a joy and a privilege. I genuinely mean that yeah. to get to do a lot of shepherding and pastoral care for folks as we walk through this. I think this exposes just so many moments where you get to enter into people's relationship with God and their faith and, and all of that. And one of the areas, too, around Stonegate that's been interesting for us to intersect with, and there's a lot of diversity in our church when it comes mm-hmm. to socioeconomics. So you have folks that are all over the map as to what the Lord's entrusted to them. Uh, so what would you say to the fo- person who maybe is is going, you know, I don't have much financially. Mm-hmm. The Lord hasn't entrusted me with much at this maybe season in my life or stage mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, and is it is it even wise for me to give? Like, mm-hmm. should I be giving? Um, you guys are making a call that you want everyone to participate. Does yeah. that feel right for those who maybe don't have much to begin with? Yeah, great question. Well, if it's uh, if it's just about achieving a number, uh, then it probably isn't super wise because yeah. it really doesn't matter that much because you're, you know, five hundred dollars and you're going to really put a big dent in things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if it's about God doing something in your heart to expose you to the provisional Father heart of God more, to give you uh, increased faith in His Son to untether you from the world and worldly possessions. If that's the work, then there's not a person on earth, whether you're a millionaire or uh, poor, uh, uh, who doesn't need that work done in their heart. And uh, I think um, it's the story of the widow's might moment. It's like that, that, that story pleased Jesus, not because she finally finished off the giving campaign for the temple, you know, like to my, she gave nothing. She gave nothing. But what it did was it revealed, it revealed her affection and her reliance on the Lord in that moment. And that is the currency of heaven. That is, that is the, the value that God wants to produce in a human life. He's not, again, like we've said this in sermons, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not worried yeah. about like church buildings exactly. and is there enough space? He's, he owns everything. What he wants to do is develop dependency in his people. And if you are a one income, single parent, whatever, whatever, uh, and if you're, you know, Bill Gates, all of us have work to be done in our heart to untether us. Uh, from things. And the great thing is, it's not because it's not about numbers. It's it's not like that, that you know, poverty stricken person has to give X amount or else it doesn't count. It's a, that's not what it's about. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the pressure's off to like feel that the, the, the bigger question is just, am I am I untethering myself from every other love besides Jesus? And uh, this is one of the ways that God allows me to do that through acts of generosity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, uh, part of what you're getting into is just how, um, what is our perceived wisdom intersects with following Jesus. Mm. You know, that's another way to frame some of what you're talking about. And uh, for any of us, when uh, maybe we're behind financially or things are super tight, it does not feel wise to be sacrificial and crazy in our generosity, you know? And um, that feels like the opposite of the voice of wisdom. And, you know, I I think it is generally true that Jesus is many times going to show up and his voice is going to sound like the voice of wisdom. But if all we ever do in our life with Jesus is follow the voice of wisdom, we are going to miss the voice of Jesus really often. And so there are going to be moments where Jesus calls us to do things that everyone around us would say, that is an unwise, crazy thing to do. You shouldn't do it. And, you know, we just have to make space for that, that that is going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, there are moments pastorally where I have an impulse in me to want to talk somebody out of a thing. So if I, I just imagine myself in Luke 21, I'm the pastor of the widow giving her last two mites. I, I feel an impulse that would say, why don't you hang on don't, to those? Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Would you keep you that? You put it in a Roth IRA. <laughs> that's right. Can, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's like, I feel that in me mm-hmm. of like a protective um, sort of a feeling for uh, a person yeah. like that. Uh, so I feel that tension of like, here's wisdom on one side. Here is the voice of Jesus showing up in a person's life that sometimes sounds like wisdom and sometimes seems like that's crazy. And, uh, and one of the things I've just had to wrestle down pastorally is that is not my tension to solve for people. Yeah. So if we take it out of the financial world and we put it in the missions world, what happens when my daughter at 20, she's not 20 yet, she's 15, but just hypothetically, she shows up at 20 and is like, I think the Lord is asking me mm-hmm. to give my life to the 1040 window to see Muslims meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about that that seems wise to me. No. Uh, but it's not my tension to solve for her at that moment. My, my posture as a parent is, baby, I want you to listen to the voice of Jesus yeah. and he's worth anything. So if, if his voice is saying, this is what I want from your life, I want to be the type of dad who can say, gosh, it seems so unwise, mm-hmm. but Jesus is worth anything. That That's great, man. Yeah. I, and um, I'd want to add one other thing. The... the um, the resistance some of us maybe even feel toward like the person who's down and out also acting in generosity toward the Lord, the, like the hesitancy, it it almost betrays the fact that um, we're not appreciating. There's a supernatural father of that yeah. person behind the scenes working. Like I, I, I was driving home a couple days ago and our middle daughter was asking me about the widow's might story and, mm-hmm. and like how it worked. And, you know, it was the wisdom question and all yeah. that. And and I, we just got to kind of daydream together. And I told her something, you know, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think they're biblical. It's like, you know what I'm like 100 percent sure didn't happen the next day. I'm sure that the next day uh, she didn't wake up and still had nothing and then starved to death. Yep, that's right. I am I am very confident mm-hmm. that a bread cart came by mm-hmm. and somebody offered her a thing or the next day yep. somebody said, can I meet these needs for you? Or a family took her yeah. in because I know the heart of God. I've seen him in our life. We have testimonies throughout Christian history of people who live generous lives that God took care of them. Yeah. We have the testimony of scripture. I've been young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. So we have the testimony of experience and the Bible that says, God takes care of his own. He He takes care of them. I am sure 
that that yeah. uh, the widow was taken care of. I love yeah. the reframing mm-hmm. though of like I think it is a seminal moment to think of God as Father to really return to that mm-hmm. doctrine and ponder that because if you believe that uh, our Father has a good heart. Uh, that right. allows you to step into that moment. Because I have that same propensity Rodney's mentioning where I'll yeah. want to almost rescue people from God. Mm-hmm. That's like, right. That's well, what I, you would be that's doing what if I'm you doing. Like, As if yeah. God doesn't know best. Yeah. As if God is not working and willing and up to their good because he's a good father. Yeah. But I have to intervene that's right. in what God wants mm-hmm. or what God's saying to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it, it's actually quite unfaithfully audacious. Yeah. Yeah. And to yeah. want to posture myself in that kind of way. It so, really is. And, you yeah. know, just if you picture yourself as a dad, this is how I'm even yeah. interacting with my kids. It's like my, my all of my kids have turned in a commitment card uh, on Friday night. Just a great mm-hmm. moment. And um, just that muscle beginning to flex in their life and grow and build in their life. And uh, I can't wait to meet them on the other side of it with some surprises. Yeah. Uh, just like mm-hmm. the Lord does that with us. He just can't wait to meet us on the other side of moments that seem crazy with some really wonderful surprises. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, let's close with this question. Uh, and you preached on this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was such a helpful thing for us to uh, revisit is, uh, you know, weariness is just part of life. Yeah. You know, the, the pressures of yeah. life stack up, the concerns, the cares of life, they yeah. stack up and they're, they're constant. A lot of people that call Stonegate church home, um, they're just in the middle of all the, the, the messy middle of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've been as a church, we've been moving really fast for the last 14, 15 years since Stonegate's yeah. come along. And we've, we've gone at a good clip for mm-hmm. a church, our, our age and size. And so, uh, what would we say is like maybe a word of encouragement yeah. or consideration for those who do maybe feel a little weary as a moment like this comes again, we have to step out in generosity and trust the Lord that he's going to meet us mm-hmm. in ways that are, are supernatural. Yeah, you bet. Uh, well, let me just start by saying this, and we can all uh, weigh in on it. But uh, one, I just empathize with the feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anyone who follows Jesus long feels that sense of weariness of like, God, I've done so many hard things. Can I not do a hard thing next, like right now? Uh, we all know that feeling. I, I know that feeling. So uh, anyone feeling weary, I, I totally empathize with the feeling of that. This is why Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in doing good. Because if you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest one day. So don't don't give up. And so that feeling is not uh, foreign to the Bible or foreign to any follower of Jesus. We all feel that. Uh, but the, the main thing I would want to say just underneath it, I think there has to be an underlying conviction form in our life. And that underlying conviction is I'm not going to give into uh, the want for, uh, even that addictive impulse toward ease and comfort in my life. So I, I think there does have to be a baseline conviction somewhere deep in your soul. And this is one of those things where it's just, I have to wrestle this, thing's da- uh, this thing down with the Lord of, I am not going to allow my, my life to drift into what is easy and comfortable for me. And that is the drift. Mm-hmm. The, the older we, uh, we get, this is the sort of tendency and, and way our life wants to kind of operate is, let me pad my life, let me make it easier, let me do all of that, let me let entitlement uh, begin to sort of win, ease, win in my life. And if ease and comfort win, Jesus will not. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's got to be an underlying conviction that it will not win, that Jesus is going to win, that I want to spend every day of my life until my last day doing whatever it is the Lord has in front of me, which means we are signing up for tomorrow, the next week, the next month, the next year, hard things. 
because that is what yeah. Jesus is asking of us is there's going to be next hard things and hard things after that and hard things after that. That is just the price paid to do things that matter yeah. and are significant. Mm-hmm. So I think that underlying conviction, first of all, just has to be set with the Lord of like, I am not asking for ease. I'm actually asking for the next hard thing, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And Lord, help me in my weariness along the way in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, or Another way to say that is dying is the normal Christian life. Yeah, that, that is that it's it's Luke nine twenty three. Yeah. It's all of the it's. Yep. Do you want to follow me? Then you pick up your cross, this instrument of death, daily, and you follow after me. I remember when we were um, about to adopt our first son, uh, who had some special needs, and we were feeling the heft of that mm-hmm. lift and just the nerves and all the unknown. We got together with another family who had adopted. They're further down the road. They adopted an older child. Yeah. They had all kinds of issues, and I was just asking, man, how did? How did you like get over the hump of fear and all that stuff? And I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me and said, we just came to terms uh, with this in that decision and every decision. Um, if it doesn't feel a little bit like dying, it's probably not the gospel. Mm-hmm. So and true. that has just stuck with me. It's like pain, um, so true. Uh, death, yeah. uh, um, giving up something is the normative way a Christian should experience life. And it doesn't mean that it's a drag. Nope. It means God meets us in that death yeah. and gives us life, right? Yeah, so that yeah. we're we're pressed but not crushed, persecuted but not abandoned. Yeah. So it's the both and, but you're, you're right. The Christian life is signing up for my flesh dying every day. Mm-hmm. And dying doesn't feel awesome. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't feel awesome, that probably is right. Yeah, that's probably a good. And you can go. Okay, this is, this is how I'm the saints the right of track. old yeah. have have yeah. always felt, and God's going to meet me in it and yeah. do some really great things. Yeah, for sure. So, church, if that is you, if you're feeling that, I just want to look at you and encourage you: do not give in to ease. That is going to be. One, it's one of the things that, uh, as we age, kills our effectiveness for Jesus. Yeah. And so I, I just want to encourage you, don't give in to that voice, that thing. Keep your life open before the Lord with a posture that says, God, I want my life to be valuable here. I, I want to give it to the most significant things here. I don't want to waste it, which means there's going to be a lot of hard in that. And, uh, and that is just one of those things I've had to wrestle down with the Lord and just say to him, I do not want my life to go this way. I want it to go toward Jesus. And one of the things, too, that I think in terms of just a promise to help us in our weariness, I love how the author of Hebrews pictures heaven as entering into rest. I think that's an amazing picture. It's like there is going to be a day where our hearts uh, feel no fatigue in doing the hard things. And that day is coming for us. The problem is it's just not right now. So don't go for a false heaven before the real one. Uh, Keep your heart open and ready for all the hard things now as we eagerly await that moment of rest. Yeah, I I totally echo that. I was thinking the same thing. Is like it's almost like a premature. It is desire. Yeah, I can affirm actually the desire to go like mission completed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, we did it. There's no more sacrifice. There's Mm -hmm. no more pain. There's no more loss. Mm -hmm. But it's just not here yet. It is not this day. It's not (laughs) this day. It's just not the day that you're in yet. That's right. And so, like, remembering the day you're in, leaning into that day. And I, I will say this. I do think 
when you if you kind of make that deal of going like okay i've done enough i've put in enough i've worked hard and now i'm going to just try to coast i do think you are signing up for a different form of discipleship a very deformed one than what jesus actually wants for you yeah yeah like i i think you're cutting yourself off from a lot of the fruit and uh joy joy that the lord would want to have for all the days he gave you not just half of them, three quarters, even 90% of them, like but for all the days that he's given you, um, I, I just want us to maximize the joy yeah. that's to be found in them instead of just going, like, man, I, I did it for half the life for three quarters that carried the cross. And then I just kind of, yeah. I just, uh, I love that. Uh, just reminder of, I, I want all the joy for all those days yeah. by, by being willing to follow Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, can I ask y'all just a, yeah. a last question as yeah. we finish up? Uh, just as people are getting ready for Sunday morning, uh, it's going to be a huge moment in the life of our church. This is one of those crucial moments of generosity that either opens up new seasons and a new window in the life of a church or has a way of closing those seasons. So it, it is one of those crucial moments. And if you're just encouraging people in some practical ways to prepare for Sunday morning, uh, anything you would want to encourage the people of Stonegate with? Uh, yeah. Um, a couple things come to my, my mind. Uh, one is... Um, do a lot of the work before you come uh, to have thought through and prayed through this because you uh, you want to give God as much time uh, as possible to let him poke on and uh, bring to mind and reveal and convict and, and encourage you toward whatever uh, God might have in front of you for Sunday. So uh, if you haven't like... If, if it's just been, I'm just listening on a Sunday and then putting that away, I'm coming back next time. This is the week where you're doing that work to, to get with the Lord alone, with your family, ask him those things. But um, uh, with that thought work, I think it's also wise for us all to come on Sunday still open-handed and open-hearted to what the Lord might do uh, in that moment. I mean, I even heard testimonials uh, from Friday night mm-hmm. of folks who— showed up thinking one thing, thinking they were going to do one thing. And then just in the, in the moment, they just sensed from the Lord, no, it's, Mm -hmm. it's something different. It's something more. It's something, you know, so, uh, I'd say do the prep work and also come really open hearted and open handed, uh, on Sunday and just, um, curious about what the Lord Mm -hmm. might want to do in you. You bet. Ryan, no, I think those are good words. Uh, echo everything. Jimmy, I would just say like, this is a really great season. Um, to, to really step into, to, to not just, as Jimmy said, uh, kind of treat it like I'm coming on Sundays and then I'm compartmentalizing the rest of my week, but to, to actually create some margin this week so you can listen to the Lord, so you can have the conversations with your spouse and with your family or with your community if, or with a pastor. If you want to talk with one of us or someone on our team, we would love to connect with you uh, this week. Any way we can help you, questions we can answer, engage with you. We would love to do that. And then uh, I would say come Sunday too, expectant. And even yeah. with a sense of uh, just ready to worship. That's I mean, good. it's going to be a very mm-hmm. worshipful day. Uh, the Lord is, it, it'll be a day that um, uh, we just get to see the grace of God, the goodness of God in action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that, like tangible moments where you're like, I'm seeing God move. Yeah in people's hearts and minds, and even us as a people. That's what it means to be a church, is us collectively listening to the Lord and corporately obeying Him, and then thinking of all that's going to uh, come from that. We've just been talking, like, really what this is about is us trusting the Lord, knowing He's a good Father, and then uh, one of the the outcomes of that is seeing uh, our church be able to reach thousands of more people 
because we're all coming together and saying we want to listen and trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's yeah, a cool thing really to be is. a part of. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, not only a Sunday, a crucial just moment in the, the bigger kind of life of our entire church family. I, I would just want to encourage you that this week and Sunday morning is a crucial moment in your life. Uh, this is a moment for you with an open heart, like everything comes out on the table and you do that hard work of pulling your hands away from those things, offering everything to the Lord and then listening. That is a crucial moment for you. This is how we know we're not the rich young ruler. Uh, this is how we make sure that uh, when it's too late, when we're standing before Jesus one day, that we don't discover we're him, is we have moments like this in our life. And I know these moments are hard. They're scary. They're all of those things. But they, this moment, this week is a wonderful moment in the life of every single part of our church family, every single member in our church doing this. This is, this is a moment where the Lord is going to show up in your life in just some really wonderful ways if you'll come with that type of an open heart on Sunday. So. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and our hope, too, even over uh, the coming weeks, a little bit of a sneak preview, is we want to continue on with this theme of even thinking about, like, how we want to follow Jesus. Yeah. And so we'll be even diving into more of that in March and yeah. in the coming weeks to talk mm -hmm. more about that. That really is. I just think it's such an incredible thing for the our church to be engaged with for the next couple of years. Like yeah. All sorts of ways that we yeah. can uh, follow the good shepherd. Yeah. So, Stonegate, we cannot wait to see you on Sunday. It's going to be a really great day. Uh, can't wait. Warhead? Warhead. <laughs> <laughs>